you know, and um, and so I, I think the church one has to have a heart of humility and a heart of grace to everybody in this conversation and figure out, you know, what 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 was he trying to say, um, but at the same time say, okay, hey, here's how you don't say that again, and and, and here's why you don't say that. But I- Hey everyone, this is great to be with you today. Welcome to season one of the podcast, Tribes to Tribe. We're a podcast for multi-ethnic church leadership, and I cannot wait to share with you some of the things we want to talk about today. But first, introductions. I'm sitting here with some of the greatest guys, Dwight Hudson, (laughs) worship leader, mosaic leader here at Tribes Church. And Cam Green, our creative director. How you guys doing today? I'm good. Doing good. good. Doing good. good today. This is this is cool. This is cool. So <laughs> now, just so that everybody listening can make sure that we're all straight, that very white voice that you hear, <laughs> the silky smooth voice, silky smooth. <laughs> that that's I'm, Cam Green, that's everybody. Me, Tell me. us just a little bit about yourself, Cam. Uh, I have been at Tribes for about a year. I'm 26. I almost forgot my age. 26 years old. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, and I just love love hanging out with these people here on the mic. All right. Dwight. I'm Dwight. Uh, I am... 31 years old since we're doing ages we won't we won't fast on you don't have to do i'm not doing mine (laughs) uh i'm originally from charleston south carolina i moved to grand rapids about eight years ago and now i've been the worship i've been here at tribe for almost five years yeah a little little over five years uh so yep that's me and i have a a beautiful fiance uh, allison uh soon to be hudson uh that's her name all right Well, great. Well, this is our very first podcast as a team, and we really felt like it was time for us to get our voice out in the nation, out in the world, because we've been doing multi-ethnic ministry for six and a half years. We have learned so much in planting a church, not just about multi-ethnic ministry, but about church planting, about leadership, staffing, team configurations. Mm. I mean, Dwight, how many reiterations have we been through? I can't count, literally. Which is just <laughs> church planting. Yep. But it seems right that right now in the season in which we live in, that we do have a discussion, Cam, about multicultural ministry mm-hmm. and even what's going on. So for the listener uh, by the way, I'm your host, I'm your podcast host, <laughs> Pastor Don Scott Damon, lead pastor at Tribes Church. But, you know, we've all been stirred by the recent events here and the death of George Floyd and the protests that followed, as if we weren't all stressed out enough because of COVID-19. Yep. We were like on our last nerve. Mm-hmm. Everybody was just ready to get out. Something was going to blow up. And then guess what? It did. Something did. Right. Yep. And uh, but I didn't see it coming. I don't know about you guys, but man, with the with the death of George Floyd, the protests and the outrage and the anger of the nation, and rightly so, we might not all agree on this, that, or the other thing, but we had better agree on the injustice that we've just been a part of and seen. But then churches are being told, you know, you better speak up. You need to have a voice in this time. Our silence is not good. Mm. And so right on the the edge of this, then we have a Louis, Pastor Louis Giglio, who wants to get in the conversation, and he starts to have a conversation and then really said some things that were really, really awkward, and, and he's a wonderful man. But out of his, 
his desire to do something right, he really stepped into it. And then right on the edge of that, Pastor Chris Hodges, Church of the Highlands, he got mm-hmm. into it too by liking someone who said something. Mm-hmm. It's a very volatile time. It's a, it's a very a, a time of upheaval and and probably rightly so. So let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. What is the church's response to what's going on right now? Yeah. We, we have individual responses, but we have to have a corporate response. What do you think is happening, Dwight? Yeah, I think, so when churches that are, kind of what's happening now with like, uh, you got Louis Giglio, other leaders of other churches that are trying to do it. And I think that the, these these are men of God who are after God's heart, who yes. are following what God's calling them to do. And I think like in anything, if, if you're not trained or been versed or really immersed yourself um, in a culture, it's it's... You, you mistakes happen, and I think about what 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 he said, and it's like well, that was a pretty big mistake, you know. And um, and so I, I think the church one has to have a heart of humility and a heart of grace to everybody in this conversation, and figure out, you know, what 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 was he trying to say, um, but at the same time say, okay, hey, here's how you don't say that again, and and, and here's why you don't say that. But I think the reason why is because. Leaders right now are reacting to what's happening. They're 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 reacting to George Floyd. They're reacting to the protests, um, but. Having this conversation requires years of being immersed and years of actually having conversations with people to figure out what what it means um, to actually be a multicultural church and to really respond to it. Um, and and I think that when 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 pastors just say things, they're doing it what they think is right, and it's just like, nah, you really have to you you have to say what it, what it really is. And I think the the concept that I think the concept that he uses white blessing, and I think that yes. that honestly is something that when you think about it. That's honestly, when we look at American history, everything, it's like America is this prosperous nation because of what, but no one talks about the the, the what happened. And absolutely, it, it is a blessing to white people, but you gotta, you, you don't call that a blessing. That's at the expense of somebody else's, that, that, that they were cursed. So black people, slavery, uh, Native Americans, they were genocide killed. So it's like really begin to look at that. And I think that that really ties to, um, to that like, and Julian talks about like that American and church kind of combination and really the merging. Yeah. The, the, and and the, it, they have to be separate. So I, I think that right now God's really exposing the heart and not to shame, but he's exposing the heart so that we can really begin to grow and, and, and identify like the word of God is meant to expose and to shine light on areas that needs his grace, his wisdom, his love and his mercy. So I think that that's really what that, that's that's my take on kind of what we're Yeah, so you're saying so much here, and I just want to go back to something that you started to say. You know, we should be getting in the conversation, yeah. not being silent, but at the same time, we, and I'm going to say we, maybe uh, some white people who are listening, and I don't mean to be offensive, but this is maybe not a time for us to be trying to speak yeah. out unless we know what we're talking about. Yeah. But rather just take the position as a student. I want to learn. I want to know more about it. And I think for some leaders, they're so used to leading that they think they have to be a front voice in this too, right? But this is where you really start to recognize those that have been immersed in the culture and know what they're talking about versus those that are just kind of stepping into it. Because, Cam, it seems like the right thing to do, right? Yeah. And I mean... So there's a two there's two sides to that because on one hand, um, uh, white people should want to take a minute and, and just be quiet and learn, um, but on the other side, us as African Americans, you know, you get tired sometimes of having to constantly teach and constantly be 
that 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 voice. So um, it, it's you have those mm, those those white leaders or those Caucasian leaders. Um, if you have been immersed in this space up until this point, um, now's your chance to teach other um, yeah, Caucasian leaders mm-hmm. what it is that you've learned thus far. Um, and for us as African Americans, although it may be hard and exhausting, um, they people won't learn if we aren't willing to to teach and to teach from a place of I expect you to get it wrong. You know, I expect mm-hmm. you to, in your attempt to try to get it right, you're gonna say something wrong because mm-hmm. there's no exact blueprint that's laid out that says this is how you navigate these waters that that doesn't exist yet mm-hmm. so um that's we, such a great point yeah i mean we just have to we have to give grace from the african-american community because although there are some that aren't trying there are some that are trying um i don't i mean i i don't agree with what he said as far no. as white White blessing, white blessing. Absolutely that, not. that probably no. is the most. That's, that's the worst. That's he the doesn't worst even thing. probably agree. With, I hope yeah. he doesn't agree with that's what he said. That's a terrible yeah. thing. So oh, I, you I mean, that. he was attempting. That was probably the worst yeah. way you could attempt to to say something on the issue. And you know what? The, the the difficult thing about that is, is that now, and he got so burned by media, and you know, here we are even talking about it. We bless him in Jesus' yep. name, but. He's probably so afraid to ever put his toe in the water again now because he got blasted. Yeah. What's the best response for someone like that? What do they do now? I think that's that's where the humility part comes in. It's just like it's humility on like Cam said on both sides. Mm-hmm. It's him as a leader has they he has to say, okay, hey, I made I made a mistake and apologize and realize that there are some people who are going to forgive him and there are other people that are going to hold it against him for the rest of his life. And those people are just they're they're just trying to find another thing to be mad at. That that's my personal Dwight opinion. Is I think that when we dive into this reconciliation conversation. We really have to be um, gracious. Like it, it, it has to be full of grace. If we really care about reconciliation, if we care about just blasting another person that got it wrong, then sure, yeah, you can sit there and, and harp on them all day. But it's a matter of okay, hey, Louis, talk to your people and really say, okay, hey, here are the steps that I'm going to be doing now to educate myself. Here are some books that I'm reading and actually begin to reach out. He, I think his church is in Atlanta. Atlanta, like this, that's like the black, the black like the black. blackest city in like black, America. Black, black. Yeah, and so Atlanta. I think, and he has a very diverse church. Yeah, and and, and and so it's a matter of really bringing in in, in those leaders into his uh, into his staff meetings into into his congregation and figuring out what's going on because that that that's really 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 important. Um, yeah, and at the voices at the table. You have yourself and two African American men here yes. talking about what's going on, and even our perspectives are different. Yeah. But at least you're bringing us to the table. Um, and he and, and I think in that interview he had Lecrae there, and Lecrae was there. But and, and I he even got, heard Le, he got blasted. He, too. he got blasted, but Lecrae's response was just like, "I didn't know what to say in that moment." Because, I was in shock. Yeah, yeah. it's just like what. What would I? What did you mean? So, so Lecrae has been an, an advocate, and absolutely. like Dwight said, you're going to have those people who want to blast you no matter what. And I'm just being honest. I've been both. I've been one that just looking, give me a reason to say something to you or to talk about you or cause mm, I don't want to make you mad. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but I had to take a step back and, and that's mm-hmm. when kingdom and, and, and Holy spirit has to lead you. If you really on this kingdom walk, cause Lecrae, you, people take one minuscule thing mm-hmm. from your life and they magnify it. And that becomes, mm-hmm who you are and Lecrae isn't that person. I mean, let's all be, be real. Those of us that know him, follow him on social media, listen to his music. He's black. I mean, blackity black. Like he is all for African-American plight and African-American issues and things like that. But all of a sudden he's not, 
because he didn't he didn't say anything. Well, you know, and and I think it was a moment like he said of himself. I really didn't know what to say. I was sitting there speechless, and and he said I was not all right with it, not at all. Right. But he also extended some grace in that moment because that could have blown up, as it is. It 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 did just just by the way a little levity here. You know, I have grandchildren, and sometimes the two kids will be playing, or two or three, and one is just laughing and having the greatest time at the expense of the other. They're pummeling the other, mm-hmm. or they're wrestling, and one's winning, mm-hmm. and and the other one's bawling their eyes out, and we go, hey, time out. What's wrong with this picture? And the one child will say, I'm having fun, <laughs> but it's good because I'm having fun. Not at the expense of the other. When he said white blessing, I thought... That's like children who say, I'm beating you up, and that's fun for me. Yep. And um, like I said, just maybe a little bit of levity there. But on the other hand, are we getting too sensitive, you guys? Is is our world getting to the place where we can't even like something, which is what Chris Hodges did? He liked someone's post. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't even pay attention. And maybe that's an excuse. Maybe we need to pay attention what do you guys think? Is it, is our world getting too yes too sensitive? Yes, the world has been. He, here's where you guys will hear the difference in in me and Dwight's viewpoint. Okay, <laughs> yeah. All right. For me, the world has been hypersensitive, right? So, if I don't like something, I don't like it. And if I say I don't like it, that doesn't mean I don't like you. But all of a sudden, I don't like you. Yes. And for me, it's like. Oh, whatever. Okay, I didn't like it, but now since you think I don't like you, I don't like you either. And so what? So for me, I didn't grow up that way. So all this sensitivity, I don't even know how to maneuver that way yet. And everything is so hypersensitive. Mm-hmm. Like as Christians, you can hate the sin and not hate the sinner. But now all of a sudden you can't stand on biblical principles because you all of a sudden hate this person. And it's like, okay, get out your feelings. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. You're in your feelings. I never said I didn't like you. I just don't support that lifestyle or I don't support those choices. So for me, everybody, get out your feelings. Like, quit acting so soft. Everything doesn't require a media blast or, oh, let me retract that statement. People like me, I said what I said, and what you you can't check me about it. And I don't know what social media has to do with it, but it just seems like we got to take pictures of every thumb that we break and every toe that we skin and all of our wounds, every surgery we have. We're blasting everything. You said you and Dwight see it differently. Dwight, how do you see it? So I I agree. I agree. I agree that there's a level of... But I won't use the word sensitivity. Okay. I think that it's that... Um, it, it's, it's information overload. So what's happening is I think that, um, I think and especially in this conversation of race, you know, somebody reads a book and they're like, okay, I read this book and now I know this. And there's this concept I call of assumed knowledge. So I mm-hmm. assume that because I read this book, every person knows this. So if I read a book and it says, let's say I'm going to do something random. It says red is now a bad color and red is a bad color because red represents blood, blood represents death. You should never wear red. And I read a book that said that. So my assumption now is that because I know this information, I take pride in that information. 
And my assumption is that now Cam knows that, and now Pastor Don knows that. So everybody knows that's a bad thing. So when you wear red, it's like, how dare you not know? So I think honestly, now it's you not do so- know I'm wearing red today. So yeah, okay, is well. that which? You- I, I, th- I think I think that now, now you need to go. There's a book I have for you that yes, you need to go thank read. Thank you so much. <laughs> a book. We can't it's, talk the rest of the right, day now. Just right, so yeah, you know. And, and and I think that's what happens is that people mm-hmm. get new knowledge and they assume that everybody knows. And they, and and not to mention they try to push their new knowledge. But I think it's a matter of really pausing and saying, okay, hey, let's make things teachable versus making them uh, an exposure thing. And, and, and with social media, like you said, the minute that someone says something slightly wrong, it's like, okay, well, you're, 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 you're wrong this. And, and I've even, like, I typically, during like these racial things that, that's been happening, I typically don't post things on Facebook. And I started posting some things that were a little, somewhat considered radical. And I got people like, on my post, like, no, you shouldn't do this. And, and so, and I'm not one to battle you in public. I go to- the, I am. I, I, I don't do that. I go, I battle them in, in, in private. And I say, hey, what's going on? I, and I really try to get back to the Jesus. It's just like, well, here's how yes. this relates to Jesus. And I think that um, the- we're, we're, we're taking on the patterns of the world and the world does the shaming. The world does the, you did this wrong, let me expose you. And I think in the church, we really have to take the stance of, let me pull this person aside. Let me pray for this person. If there's some sort of material or if there's a way that I can get access to this person, let me figure out how to do that. So, and people aren't, people aren't doing that. I got a question for you too. Yeah. So you said something about taking on the, the I don't know exactly what word you use, but of the world, the church is becoming of the world. So my, my question is, yeah. are we really? Because the church has been known for a while to shame people instead of, like, the church is supposed to be the place where you can come and be broken. I should be able yeah. to come into church and say, I have an addiction. Yeah. Help me. Instead, I don't want to come to the church yeah. and say that because yeah. those yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's a whole other thing. Like, you know, that, I, I'm just... That, and, and, and that's the problem is that I think, and, and even when you look on the context of race, the, the, the church is supposed to be, it's supposed to be the the place where people can have these conversations and not be upset. It's okay to, it's okay to disagree about something, but then really get to the heart of why, because there's a story behind what person's perspective. And I think that the church has not, and not the, like, I'll use the word the church uh, loosely, but I think the church has been very much a place where you come and you believe we believe, and then and then and then you you sit down and figure out where you fit into our narrative. And I think that we're using that same. I think social media kind of has done that. So it's like, hey, my religion is the color red is of the devil, and it's just like now you got to come and you got to sit in sit, sit in and do it. And it's just like keeps going back to that color. Yeah. Red. Well, you know, too, when when the church went through the Reformation, and then we began to become so legalistic yeah, and we couldn't do this and we couldn't do this, you know, and we, the Puritans and all of the things that happened in church got mixed up instead of being a hospital for the sick, a place where someone could come and hear the message of Jesus Christ. We became a place where you had to get cleaned up. You Mm -hmm. had to put on your best clothes and when we put on our best clothes, we put on our best mask. Yeah. And we started to act like we had it all together. And people that were holy got promoted in the church. And then it became a place of affirmation where mm-hmm. I get my mm-hmm. props. And I don't want to tell anybody about my stuff. And pretty soon, wherever there's legalism and religion, you're going to have judgment. Mm-hmm. Judgment and shame now living in the church and secret sins instead not being a safe place where you can talk about it, a city of grace, a city of love, where you can come and say, I'm hurting. This is what I'm going through. 
I think the church is starting to get back there. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know when we planted Tribes Church, part of our heart truly was we want to be a city of grace. We want to be a place of restoration and redemption that every part of your story that's been lost to shame, lost to abuse, that God can redeem that. And I myself, you know, I went through a divorce many years ago, but there was no room for me in the church, the the religious setting. But I found out, you know what, the real church of Jesus Christ, there was all kinds of room at the table. So how do you guys think that we do at Tribes Church? What's been something that we've done well in this arena of having these conversations? Because I'm just going to go back to something you said, Dwight. Um, Pastors, they know that they need to say something, or church leaders know they need to say something, so we're jumping into this conversation. Mm -hmm. But if they don't have the history or the immersion of this conversation, they're going to trip up and probably say the wrong thing. They're absolutely going to, because they don't even know what they don't know. And if you have a multicultural church, do you still make mistakes talking about this? It means that I've heard some of you guys say, you want my, my music, you want my color, you want my presence, you want my talent but you don't want a relationship with me. You don't want to know me. How do we do in terms of authenticity or can the church do a better job in that relationship? I know I said a bunch there, but. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, so Tribes does a good job to me at understanding that Tribes doesn't know everything that is needed to know about this type of topic or situation. So what I mean by that is, Nobody here is acting like they have the answers, but the church is bold enough to stand up and say, that was wrong. There is injustices that are going on. This is really an issue that we deal with, and we're willing to sit and learn from even those of us that are on staff that that are in that community, that are in that plight, that are in that situation. We're willing to learn and hear your heart and figure out what we can do to impact that community a little better. So I think that Tribes does a phenomenal job at knowing that it doesn't know everything Mm -hmm. because yeah we have those churches that you want our gift you want our sound you want our talents you want i mean there are pastors today that have built their church or their brand on a gospel sound you know that comes from the african-american community Mm -hmm. but when it comes to situations like this you quiet as a church mouse i mean you don't really want you don't really want us Mm -hmm. you want what you can get from us you want what you can use to build your your vision or your plan. That's what you want from us. You don't really want to to deal with what comes with being black. And they might not say that. Mm-hmm. They might not consciously say that or know that. But yeah. maybe, again, the education, I have the opportunity to have conversations like this with you guys. Mm-hmm. We have conversations in our staff mm-hmm. And we've not always agreed yeah. eye to eye. You know, Pastor Julian, one of our co-founding pastors, um, he and I used to go toe-to-toe on mm-hmm. some things, you know, but we we learned, mm-hmm. we grew, mm-hmm. and it was safe to do that. And so we had that opportunity. But when I see people jumping into the mix that are talking or sharing about what it means to be black in America or all this, and then I look at your staff, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. all look the same, I don't I think you're at a very unfair advantage. You're not really you're not really immersed as like you think you are. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's the 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 multi ethnic. So multi ethnic just means you have different people, uh, multi ethnic but monocultural. And so you've you've heard that that phraseology, which means you know uh, it's majority culture. So it's 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 a it's a church with people of Hispanic, Asians, Indigenous people, African Americans. All of that's there, but then you have. It's all a white church. It's, it's it's all same sounding. It's all same, and 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 it's not that the gospel is changing. It's just the presentation is is is, is what is what's not there. And I think one of the things that sometimes people forget about is that, especially in African African American church, while we love God and we love the Word of God, the presentation and there's an emotional part of it that really resonates, not just. Um, with our hearts, but it's just like to me. I feel like it's like we call it our ancestors, like the African ancestors. Like like they 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 are they like dancing and and and, and foot stumping and clapping and singing and the the har- the automatic harmonies from the congregation. Like that's just something that that that's built into to the culture because that's how I grew up. Um, you think about you take it back to slavery. Like all that stuff matters. But I think a lot of times when we come into. Um, uh, I know. I know. Initially, when I when I first got introduced to like a, a, a monocultural church, it wasn't. A, I mean, I grew up in a monocultural church. It was black, black church. I grew up in a missionary Baptist church, and I went to Church of God in Christ. Yes, I went uh, to non-denom, and so I I did. All, I, I I've done it all, and then I came to Grand Rapids, and it was like hello. It was like wait. I was like 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 what what is Hillsong? What what is, like what what are what is Beth, what are these things? And 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 I, I and, and so what happened was I I, did, I had to do the opposite of what I think this pastor. Um, I think talking about this this situation is I had to immerse myself in the majority culture from a worship as a worship leader, I had to immerse myself in that in that culture and I think that some leaders don't want to take the time and energy to do that because they have so many other things that's going on so I, I spent time like literally only listening to CCM music so I can understand the flow and how things worked and and that's what got me versed now I still have my gospel side but just in the culture that I was in, it was just like, okay, hey, here's what's needed. Now I can, I'm slowly beginning trying to merge those worlds, which is what we try to do here at Tribes. Mm-hmm. And I think that to, to your original question is, what's Tribes doing well? I think we do a good job of, at, at exposing people. I think some people literally have no idea that some of this stuff exists. So they're just like, you know, the idea of racism doesn't exist. The idea of, you know, black people love coming to my church. It's like, sure they do, but there are some reservations that they have. And I think that being like when, when with Julian kind of talking about some of the things, having these conversations really does expose people to like I know Dwight I love Dwight I never knew Dwight felt that way it's, it's, it's like okay so now I'm actually beginning beginning it's, I think we do a good job of exposing definitely there's more like a lot of deeper conversations and education but I think that um, I think we do a good job at exposing people to to things yeah and, yeah. I, and I think that it does for the Rockford community I mean growing up in Grand Rapids there aren't let me see if I can pretty this up so Dwight doesn't. <laughs> there aren't. Just say it, brother. <laughs> it's white out here. Yeah, you know? 94% white. And We're in Rockford, Michigan, for those that are listening across the globe. Yeah. Yep. And and so when I first started here, I mean, I was pulled over, I think, what, three, four times in my mm-hmm. first week and a half working at this church. One time I didn't even know why I got pulled over. So, so wait, you just say that again. You got pulled over by the police just driving out here. Yep. And it wasn't until you shared that that Julian, also African American, said, Oh my goodness, I got pulled over too like three times. I just thought it was legit. 
And he was like, I, it yeah. was profiling. So go ahead, what you were saying. That just, I mean, just being out here, when I was growing up, we didn't come out to Rockford unless I was coming to beat somebody up. You know, I yeah, pray for me. So <laughs> you know, that's when we came out to Rockford was for situations like that. Cause it was like, you're not welcomed out there. So why would I hang out out here? Mm-hmm. So working out here and, and coming and it's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of places out here, like uh, organizations and churches, um, in the words of my my dear Avalon, she says, they just talking to be talking. You're just talking about multicultural just mm-hmm. to sound. Right now you're joining that wave where Black Lives Matter has become a marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Or we made a joke. <laughs> there's, That's a, really funny. there's a neighbor that lives, <laughs> lives in Dwight. <laughs> there's somebody that lives close to Dwight. And it seems like they put a Black Lives Matter sign in their yard for like ADT, like, like security. security. Make like, sure you get oh, like, right, like right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it just seems like out here, there are a lot of churches that are like that, like, oh, Black Lives Matter, um, that that was wrong, what happened, and you just talking to be talking. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tribes really tries to put up what they talk about. We really try. And we got room to grow. You know, we we are growing, even now we're, we're growing in how we go about dealing with this, but I appreciate it. Yeah, talk about that, because I'm not trying to just say that we do everything great. Um, what's some, what's, give me one specific in area, Dwight, you too, where we do need to grow. You can I, I think, I think. Oh, Dwight, you go yeah, first. Yeah, no, no, I can go first. <laughs> Way yeah. to punt. No, no, I, I think, I think one of the things is, is really taking, taking what you're, what, what's happening at Tribe to your families and to your homes. I think people don't realize how, how, how much their, I think, People feel like their voice, you know, you know, I was I used to use the word papa, like your grandpa who grew up in the nineteen fifties and nineteen forties, who grew up in a segregated America, you know, he may say he or she may say things that are completely uh, inappropriate. And really I think it's okay to correct them and really begin to correct the culture in your homes. And I think that like I I had an incident here, I was it's been a while ago where um, I was, you know, I, I think I might told you a story, but I was, I was auditioning to some, uh, trying try to audition to have uh, somebody here at, at Tribes, I have no name, something like that, but it was just a matter of, you know, I got called a derogatory word, and it's just like, wait, and, and, and they, of course, they didn't mean it intentionally, but it was it was like a joke, you know, not with me, but like a call, and they said something derogatory, and it's like, oh my God, I didn't know it was you, blah, 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 and I'm like... Mm. Here I am um, worshiping with you, and I and, and it's not everybody in tribes, but it's like here I am worshiping with you, and to have to feel that like I felt like I was when I was back at home, like I was down in South Carolina. Now, yeah, I've experienced a lot of racism down that way and, and down south, but I've also experienced a lot of it here. And when I experienced it here at tribes, I was like, how how can somebody go to this church? And not be talking to their family, and and not the whole. Well, we're all the same. No, I need you to talk to your family about the derogatory statements that you're saying about African Americans or about Hispanics or uh, or Asian. I, I need I need you to say what I need. I need you to correct the specific thing that's happening because otherwise we're coming here on Sundays doing our normal church and it's Dwight singing and blah 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 blah. No, we have to actually be willing to have that tough conversation at home. And I don't and I and I can't. We can't gauge that. But I'm just really questioning. You know what. What are the conversations we're having at home, um, and and not being afraid, and, and not being, uh, we we've had people that have come to tribes and they come in and they 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 leave because it gets too uncomfortable. At tribes, we're living in the uncomfort, we're living in the tension, and and God loves you and I love you too, 
But if you can't live in the if you can't live in the tension, then maybe the vision and where tribes is going and what tribes is about, maybe tribes isn't the church for you. And I know that. Uh, hopefully, Pastor it's, Don. No, it's true. Yeah, it, yeah. It may, may, maybe it's not for you because this is what we're about. And I think some people come here like, okay, yeah, I know it's what you're about, but it's, keep me comfortable. And it's just like, no, we our goal is not to keep you comfortable. Our goal is to actually call this sin of racism out that's in America and call it out and say, okay, hey, there's something to do with. So I, I think to answer your question. Taking it home and living in the uncomfort. I think that I think that we're still growing in that space. Mm-hmm. People are still trying to lean towards their comforts. Um, even as I probably as I speak, they're like, "Dwight, what? I'm used to you just saying lift my hands." But like there 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 is a there is a, a, a not an underbelly, but there's another side. And this is even like like you know I've had conversations with people like in private, but like this is. Dwight, this is the whole Dwight, right? So there's it's worship leader Dwight, there's a job Dwight, but there's also this social justice guy that is like rearing, saying, "Hey, we really have to have these conversations." Which is why I'm glad we're having this this podcast today. But even as we begin to look at the mosaic space, really begin to dive into that and not just get angry, but actually have solutions. And hey, here's education. If you really want to be about it, here's what we can do. So, well, you know, and I want to hear from you too, Kim. I just so appreciate what you're saying because this is a brave space. Yeah. And we, it is not for the faint of heart. We have to be courageous and people do have to decide if this is what God has called them to. And it might not be what it's supposed to be yet. In fact, I'm sure that the tribes community, we're not all what we're supposed to be yet, but we're in journey. And I'm so very proud of our congregation and for all of us as staff and you guys, because I feel like we were steady plotting along, even when it wasn't popular and it wasn't vogue and mm-hmm. we were taking hits and our our growth was up and then it was down and it was up and it was down. And then, you know, all that we've been through, but for such a time as this, yeah. that now here we are and people are looking to us for direction, for some help, for guidance. And I just feel like we just want to share what the Lord has taught us, what we've done well and what we haven't done so well at. Mm-hmm where we need to grow in some more. and um, But for sure, like you're saying, we have to have grace and patience in this conversation for one another. You know, Cam, you said, you know, on one hand, I get tired of being that person. And, you know, that might happen again if we say, hey, if you don't have anybody in your life no. Monday through Saturday that doesn't look like you, don't come to church on Sunday and think that's enough. <laughs> But that might mean you get 41 invitations right. for lunch next week. <laughs> Me and Cam look at each other's calendars like, who you talk to? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, we got oh, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh-huh. Thursday. Yeah, yeah I'm on, they're on the circuit, yeah. yeah. And, and, and You and, should charge. Then, you know. Well, well to, to, to that point, I think that, that, that that's one of the, the underlying issues that when you look, when you treat tribes as your only place where you're seeing people of color, then it's like, here are two people. And then, and then you, got, you got whoever else at the church. Where, where where are you getting your coffee? Where what where, where are your kids playing basketball and T ball? Are they mm-hmm. playing in Rockford? Or can you take them to the to the inner city? It's gonna be uncomfortable, but but expose them to that. Like it really expose because then you're not the the weight. There's this thing called the burden of representation where African Americans feel like, mm-hmm. okay, I am like I have to now teach all of these like like two hundred people that we have. No, it, it, that that's not the weight. The you there's plenty of people of color and not in a white savior mentality, but there are plenty of people of color that you can actually begin to uh, to begin to begin to build relationships with. Uh, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that pastors are aware of it's called pastoral fatigue mm-hmm. or uh, sympathy fatigue, where you just you don't care yeah. about their problems anymore. Yeah. And 
I, what you're talking about there, I know that Julian has gone through some of that fatigue where just out of sheer exhaustion of trying to do this work, both of us mm-hmm. have just wept and just said, we, I, it's just so much. It's a lot, but God's grace is sufficient. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's a rapper named Killer Mike that talks about this. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how it's not a a black person's job to educate you every like when you want to be educated. Like now mm-hmm. you want to call and what is this about? And he said it's not it's not our job, you know. And and I agree with him to a point, you know. And God has graced us for a time and put us in this environment to be able to to be able to teach. But people mm-hmm. need to understand like we get tired. And you know, Dwight's gonna tell you in a nice way that he's tired. Me, I'm gonna be like, stop talking to me. It's not, <laughs> go, go find something to do. You know, go down to King. But Park. so that so white people might be afraid of you. Listen, I'm and sorry. So, the Lord's not done working with me. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, keep praying for me. And, and and but that but that I think that that fear is that's the part of the tension. The tension is really. You, I know you're a teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 tension is being able to go to Cam and not know and and it's not. Oh, what should I talk to Cam? No, it's just hey Cam, hey how you feeling today? Like first. Building relations. How are you doing today? Yeah, are you doing all just right? Care. Yeah, just, just, just care for him as a person. Yeah. Then say, hey, w- would you like to go grab coffee someday? What's your schedule like? And then that's a space because I think a lot of times on on, on Sunday, and I'm I'm gonna cut taking your time, but like on, on Sunday, it's like everybody's here, and so everybody's heightened. Especially if we have a sermon about racial reconciliation, it's like, do I? I'm sorry. It's just like. I just first of all, I just got done leading worship. And it's just like I, I don't have the energy to to, to really uh, engage in a no conversation. Bandwidth. Yeah, no, there's nothing left, and so it's a matter of okay, hey, how you doing? Hey, can I get your number or shoot an email? Hey, can I get your number? Sure. Hey, would you like to grab coffee one day? And then and then that prepares us to be able to have the conversation and have it well. Yep. Versus it's it in, in in some ways it's it's almost like a privileged thing. It's just like I want it. I, okay, you're my black friend. I want it now. Come give me information. It's just like no, like. Treat me like a human, like I would. Like on if, demand, on demand, yeah. on demand racial reconciliation. It's just like no, begin to build build relationships with people so that they Wait, can. Wait, there's no download for no. this. There's no <laughs> right. app. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I mean, because I, listen, I love the Lord, and I make a joke. I'm borderline saved, so you catch me on the wrong day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a. Tr- I'll try to have that conversation. I'm more than happy to have that conversation. But what Dwight said is very important. Like, just say what's up. You know, how you doing? What's going on today? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, you know, it's been a rough day. Then that means I'm not going to have this conversation today. You know what I love about you, though? What? The Holy Spirit is working in you, and you, you're you so sensitive to the Spirit of God because you will come back and say, you know what? Yeah. I probably didn't handle that right. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, but you say it like this. You know what? You're, right, you know, you know what? There you go. You know I'm sorry. He'll be like, do I, do I, uh, do I say something to somebody this Sunday? Do you think that was all right? I'll get a text message. I know how I am. So I'll, you know, I'm just like, I'm asking people to be accountable, you know, learning about this. Me as African American and the person that I am, I'm accountable too. If I say something wrong, I'll go to my leadership and be like, I don't think I handled that the best. You know, can, should I fix that? Sometimes he say yes, and I'll be like, I'm not fixing it. Nope, they deserved it. He'll be like, go fix it. And I'll be like, okay, I'll go fix it. But, you know. Thank you, God. Yeah. <laughs> but so to answer your original question, what do I think tribes can work at? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working on vision. That was, mine is a two-part answer. So yep, the first okay. thing is just casting a vision of where the church stands mm-hmm. as far as black and white you can go access it whenever to know where we stand on on race and reconciliation, where we stand on, you know, just things like that. Access it digitally, right? You're saying get that online. Yeah, or Mm -hmm. even if we got some hard copies, you know, wherever you can access Mm -hmm. it from tribes where we stand. Because right now it's, 
the the one of the issues that we're having in this race conversation is that different words mean different things to different yes. people. So reconciliation to me means something different than Dwight than to you. Mm -hmm. So as the church, we need to say when we say reconciliation here at Tribes, this is what we mean. That way, your conversation, me as an individual, if I call myself a member of Tribes. When I say reconciliation, speaking upon tribes, it has to line up with the vision that tribes has. And if it doesn't, then that means that good. that's your yep. definition, not the, not what the church stands for. And right now, we don't really have that yet. You know, we're working on it, but we, we don't have it yet. So that would be my first thing is just plain black and white where we stand on things. And Define the terms. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm a consequence person, and I've told Dwight this a couple times. You know, I grew up where if you said something, there was a consequence. My mom has a famous saying that says for every decision that you make you either reap a benefit or you suffer a consequence yes. that's that's Proverbs it. one and two <laughs> it was just really it's really black and white for us mm -hmm. and i took that to the extreme you know even if you said something wrong to me there was a consequence like i might lay my holy hands on you like there's a consequence for things <laughs> but you can't get, we're gonna edit that <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying, you right. can't yep. give someone a consequence if you don't tell them what it is that like in our household there were certain rules they were very black and white so when you broke the rules mm -hmm. that's where the consequence came into play us at the church we can't have consequences we can't remove people who aren't willing to have this conversation or aren't willing to move forward if we don't draw out black and white this is where the church stands so if this is where the church stands and you call yourself a praise and worship member or you call yourself a band member and you're saying things that are adverse to what the church is saying now you can't get mad at us because you got sat down or you got removed yes yeah, so let me let me paraphrase that because what i think i'm hearing you say is there's some areas where it can be gray in life, there's some areas in the church where, like, you're in your journey and, and you know, like, we've had people living together. Well, mm -hmm. God's word is very clear on that, but it's not one of those hills that we have to die on, yeah. if you will. And it's not God's best for you. I'm not promoting that. But when it comes to this area mm -hmm. of racial reconciliation, we cannot tolerate racism rearing its head like we've seen different comments on facebook and 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 we had to ask someone in ministry to step down because like i you cannot represent tribes and be on the platform you can stay here and be in your journey but you have got to align yourself with the mosaic vision what we believe that god says and this is like a zero tolerance area yep. is that that's what you're saying yeah. but it's not fair if they don't know what that is you're correct yep. so you can hold people accountable to something that you can you know you write the vision and make it plain that's in the right. book yeah so once it's plain you got two options follow it or don't if you don't you there's back to those consequences, consequences. Yeah. Yeah. so that's my number one and then my second thing would be be i, I wouldn't say tribe but members at tribes have an issue with being honest about where you are and what like what you said was not okay you know mm -hmm. we've had our own issues here we, <laughs> we had a member tell us about i want to play like you people so for, i want to be very clear Diraj, there's a camera on me i want to be very clear <laughs> that you people is never okay like in no yeah. way shape or form you can't come up to two african-american men and say after we got done doing the worship set and say i would love to play music like you people Never, yeah. ever is that okay. Tell about the reframe that you had, though. You said. Oh, so I'm with. 
<laughs> so I'm with my cousin. My cousin plays drums. And um, the gentleman came up and said, I want to play music like you people. Now, if you haven't figured out by now, I have a bit of a temper or a reaction to certain things. So I was like, what? I got mad. And my cousin goes, he puts his hand on my shoulder. He goes, I think he means musicians. And I was like, <laughs> you okay, people, you, yeah, mis- yeah. you, you musicians. musicians. I yeah. guess that's a safe way to go about yes. it. So, yeah, just being honest, if you are or you have said something that's racist, you said it. Own it. It doesn't mean I hate you. I'm probably going to look at you like you lost your mind, but own that. Don't go away and act like, well, I didn't say anything wrong or I didn't mean it. Huh? And, and, and and identify that. You, so someone may say, well, like someone may look at you and say, I said you people all the time. I don't mean it to be racist. It's 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 a matter of hey, hearing them like, and and that's where it comes in the communication piece where we have to write down. Hey, when you begin to talk with somebody, does that does that offend you? And that's kind of goes to your original question about sensitivity. It's a matter of okay, having it written down and being able to have like conversations like you just said, like hey, saying you people and that's a bit racist. Now people are just like, okay, I will be aware of that now. And so is that, that's why I talk about the exposure piece. Like we're exposing people to like, I never thought about Raising it that Raising the, the awareness, the, yep. the racial consciousness. Yep. Is Did you part just of call me sensitive? I just feel like you just called me sensitive. Well, no, I didn't call you sensitive. Because I had the issue with you people. Uh, I, but, think, okay. I, I think okay. you're sensitive. <laughs> okay. Well, no, you're, I, I, you're a big teddy bear. <laughs> you don't want people to know that. But, you know, this has been a great conversation, you guys, and um, we're going to continue to have more. In fact, Dwight, we're going to be launching another podcast where you're going to be the host coming up. And we're going to get into some of these areas. And we can't be sensitive. Well, we can be sensitive and tender, but we can't have an offendable spirit, easily offended. You know, that's not what God would have. And, you know, on the other hand, on on, on the side of, of white folks, too, you know, a classic comeback when we hear the word racist, we react to that because we don't have the term defined. We don't mm-hmm. know. So we'll give you the litany of all the black people we know. I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. Some of my best <laughs> friends are black. No. Oh, the I, lady that does my hair is black. Oh, and yeah. my cousin's son's daughter is right. married to a black person. Right. So, you know, it, it's just awkward. We don't understand what it means. So... We're going to have those conversations. We're how I was going to ask how yeah. how would you say what do you think tribes are doing well and and can oh, work on? Okay, while you because because we we have an African American experience like talking about it, but what yours yes. is? Uh, so being the pastor of the church, it's always crazy to me that after we'll do one of these messages about racial reconciliation or a conversation, there will always be at least two responses. One is we didn't do enough. And the other one will be, you did too much. <laughs> it will, it's classic and it happens every time. And so what I've learned is that we're going to continue to have the conversations. For white people, it is an extremely brave space and very, well, there is a term that we'll define at a later time, this fragileness, if you will. It's called white fragility, and that's maybe not a term we like, but you talk about sensitive, just the ability for white people to hear some of this. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance because they've not lived or swim, if you will, in these waters. Like that's part of not having to worry about something. I'm I'm not aware of it. So, and then I know that if I'm not somewhat brave and even 
right on the edge to offending white people. If I don't do that, then my brown and black brothers and sisters feel that I'm not all in, that I'm that I'm not genuine, that I'm not authentic. And I am all the way through. But as a leader, I have to follow the Holy Spirit the best of my ability. And like I said, I might not do this right, you guys, but I'm doing it. So what we do well is we keep stepping in it, doing it, hopping up a few messes, and we get out there and we do it again. Messages, conversations, messaging, posters, videos. You will not see a brochure. You will not see something we put out that does not have uh, cultural competence to it. Mm -hmm. I think we're doing that well. You're invited to the cookouts, Pastor Don. Uh, invited to the cookout is is an African-American colloquialism (laughs) meaning that we are okay with with, with a certain person yes that's good some of y'all can be invited to the cookouts come on now and and then the thing that I I think that we're not doing well enough and we one of you touched on it already but I don't think we're doing we need to do better at Monday through Saturday we need to do better at if we're dominant culture, we need to do better at going and putting ourselves in a place where we're, we're the minority. We need to visit black-owned businesses. We need to go to maybe another church and sit there and experience it, go to camp meeting or revival or whatever's happening now, or you know, listen to black radio, watch a movie where every actor is black, or, or you know, we need to cross the street and do a better job. That's what I would say. Cool. Cool. If any of you want to go to an African-American church, there are a few in the city of Grand Rapids yeah. that you can visit. Um, mm-hmm. New Hope Baptist Church, Lighthouse Full Life Center, KLM. Kingdom Life, yeah, mm-hmm. Kingdom Life, Renaissance. Mm-hmm. If you want to get out and, t- and do what Pastor Don is talking about, there are some phenomenal churches in the area that you can go visit. Well said. All right, you guys. Well, this has been great. I've enjoyed the time with you, and um, we'll do it again. Yep. Right? Yep. Parting word? Dwight. Uh, dang. She said me. One. <laughs> One parting word. Guys, keep, keep uh, everything we said today, we might not have said it right. You're not going to say it right. This is a journey, not a destination. So really just really relax, and, 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 and let's, let's dive into it together as a, as a family. I think that, that's, that, that, that should bring some hope. I said what I said, so... Um... If you got an issue with it, I'm just playing. No. Um, yeah, like Dwight said, um, just keep trying. Keep keep shooting. Keep shooting a shot. Keep keep attempting to do it. Um, and if you're wrong, somebody will correct you. Be willing to take correction. But mm-hmm. but keep doing it. Keep trying. We need the effort. So, yeah, that would be my last. Great. And I would say, um, yeah, keep that teachable spirit. Don't get offended. It's the bait of Satan. Mm-hmm. If you've not read that book by John Bevere, get it. Be prepared for it. Be ready for it. Get in the conversation, enter the brave space, be willing, and uh, we're going to do this thing. I'm, I, I'm confident, and I have, I have a dream. <laughs> <laughs> this cool. has been Tribes to Tribe. I'm your host, Don Scott Damon, and we're saying peace. Peace, peace out. out. Episode one.